0: Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Everybody say bread breaking moments. A little bit louder. Bread-breaking moments. All y'all go just accept him. I want him to play a little bit. This is right after, thank you, the resurrection. This is right after. I mean, right after Jesus was resurrected. You can be seated once you get back to your seat. Two of Jesus' followers are on this symbolic road called Emmaus to a spiritual destiny. It's a road of destiny. Thank you. Emmaus, the meaning of Emmaus is the burning place. Come on, somebody. The burning place. Everybody shout, the burning place. And so this is right after the resurrection. And they're on their way, two men. Jesus has been crucified, buried. Now they know that they can't find him, they're confused they're debating, they're probably a little bit cynical, but yet they're a little bit hopeful. These were followers. Everybody say a follower. They were follower of Jesus. And it says, because these two men were the, among the first to encounter the resurrected Lord. Two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus. Everybody shout, the burning place which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now look at this phrase, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. I know you're just getting settled in your seat, but turn to your neighbor and say, they saw him. But they didn't know him. Hallelujah. Now let me read, and this is not gonna be on the screen, but verses 17. It says, And Jesus said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you are sad? And then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said, Now these are followers, had been followers of Jesus. Are you the only stranger? Look, y'all, they're followers, but he says to Jesus, Are you the only stranger? In Jerusalem, say yes if you're with me in the room. Come on. And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, Jesus did. Can you imagine what he's thinking? What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. These are followers of Jesus. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, these are followers of Jesus, but we were hoping that it was he, Jesus, who they were talking to, who would be the one who redeemed Israel, who would redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company come on somebody who arrived at the tomb early astonished us but they did not find his body they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive they're talking about this they're telling Jesus about this the followers of Jesus are telling are you with me and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found and found uh, it just as the women had said. But but him, that Jesus, they did not see. And then he said to them, let's go in verse uh, 25 here. Then he said to them, and this is what Jesus said. Now, this is not on the screen, but watch. Not yet anyway. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. This is Jesus This is not the Jesus that's being preached in some churches today, but this is Jesus who is speaking to those who have followed him for probably three years. He said, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And then beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning concerning who? Himself. The followers of Jesus who were talking to Jesus, but could not see that he was Jesus. Did y'all get that this morning? Thank you, Kakoa. Give him a hand clap. Come on. Now let's start. I'm going to go fast. Watch. In verse 24, then they drew near to the village. This is the two that were on their way to the burning place, Emmaus, the burning place. And he indicated, Jesus indicated that he would have gone far, farther. But they constrained him. They, they, they talked him in to staying and say, abide with us, for it is towards the evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, watch this, that as, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it. Everybody shout bread-breaking moments. Come on he took bread he blessed and he broke it and he gave it to them his followers that had been following him that had walked with him for seven or more miles on the road of Emmaus to the place called the burning place but they could not see him their eyes were restrained they did not notice and recognize who they were the one that they were following you're being obnoxious I'm being obnoxious on purpose because I want to make religion mad this morning come Come on. But something, something out of what Jesus did with them in those few moments that they had, in those miles that they traveled together, something began to turn on the inside of them. Help me, Holy Spirit. Because when revival will open its mouth to expose religion, when revival will open its mouth to expound and teach the scriptures, that there is more than this three points and a poem and a little hand clap and a potluck after church. If revival will open its mouth and expound the scriptures and say, If you will become like a child, you can enter into the fullness of all that he has. If revival will open its mouth and begin to expose Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse pastors, that Disneyland church where they have Ferris wheels and roller coasters and all kinds of cotton candy in their messages for their people. If revival will will open its mouth and expose religion, then I'm telling you, there will be a burning on the inside that says, don't leave, don't leave. These were followers, not heathens. And they did not know him. so he stays because revival will keep pushing and pressing yes to make religion mad but to reveal the glory of the kingdom of God to those who are being told this is all you're gonna have I need some help this morning this is all there's gonna be I came to tell of course everyone in the room and all those watching online you do not have to settle for status quo you do not have to settle And so now they're sitting with Jesus and he took the bread and he blessed and he broke it. Bread breaking moments. And he gave it to them. And look what it says. And then their eyes were and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within them? The Passion Translation says this before they talk about the burning heart. Stay with me. It says, the Passion Translation says this. They said to one another, why didn't we recognize him? Come on, revival family they looked at one another and said, why didn't we recognize him? Can I announce to the church in America today, especially the Pentecostal charismatic spirit filled churches in our nation today, why do we not recognize him? Come on, are we followers? Are we followers? Are we really followers? Why do we not recognize him? And then they said our hearts began to burn within us as he talked on the road to us. You see they recognized after the fact that th- that Messiah, that Jesus, the resurrected Lord, and I will call him revival because Jesus is revival. Come on. As revival began to open his mouth, it literally caused a burning on the inside of them to make it to the burning place. They were on their way to Emmaus, the burning place, but something began to burn on the inside of them and then their eyes were open and they said, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us and then verse 35 and this is what I have developed this entire message around today as I as I came across this scripture weeks ago and they went and they were telling people, about the things that had happened on the road. I need some revivalists that are willing to open your mouth and tell your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, the things that have happened on the road to the burning place in your life. Because this is how we make religion mad. This is how we bring the heathen in, but we don't bring them into Disneyland church. We bring them into Holy Ghost fire church, come on. And they told about the things that had happened on the road. And look at this great. And how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Bread breaking moments. He was known to them in the breaking of the bread. I'm going fast. What is what is amplified to me is that they did not recognize him being followers of him for probably three years. But just after Jesus' resurrection, we find these two men walking these seven or so miles. They're in debate and doubt. Now, stay with me while I build a platform of foundation here. They're in debate and doubt. Look at your neighbor and say they were debating and doubting. Come on. Jesus shows up in the middle of their journey of debate and doubt and he rebukes them for being slow of heart and for not believing in what the prophets have spoken concerning him. Not just random things the prophets spoke, but what the prophets spoke concerning him as a Messiah. We're told some specific things in this story and since every word of the Bible is intentional, we should pay attention to a few things. Say amen if you know what I mean. In the beginning of the story, as I alluded to already, the eyes of these two men were restrained from seeing who Jesus is. We're not told why in the word, but it was a reality. Then later in the story, after the conversation that I just walked you through and the explanation of the scripture, their eyes were open. They were followers of Jesus, yet they did not recognize him. Establish that point. This is what is so significant about them not recognizing Recognizing Jesus. I wanted to ask as I read this and I broke this down, if you are a follower, how closely are you following him? Come on. How far behind are you as a follower? I came to provoke re- re- revival in you today, and I came to make religion mad today. How, if they were followers, exactly how far behind were they following? Were they just enough behind in the crowd to say, I'm part of it? Come on up there in the expansion. I'm part of it, but yet, nah, 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 nah. You know, not that close kind of thing. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be a follower, if you're going to be a revivalist, you got to be all in, my friend. And I... I don't care how much you know I don't care how long you've been in this thing you got to be all in you hear what I'm saying right now we got too many people stopping too early retiring too early giving up and quitting too early saying this is all there is I came to pull you into the more today I came to pull you into the more today you hear what I'm about to say and hear the spirit that I say this in. I looked at my husband the other day as we've been traveling quite a bit and we praise the Lord for it and we'll be disclosing more of this to you so you can help us pray as we go to impart revival across the nation. If you've been here for six years, you know, this is a prophecy being fulfilled. Now you watch what I'm about to say. Traveling is not for sissies. Are you hearing me? Come on. And then coming back here and preaching to you on Sunday morning. Are you with me? Are you hearing me or to the men yesterday? The reason why I'm saying that is this, is because you got to understand that there are hungry people out there. There are hungry people that are wanting more and they're waiting to hear a voice that will tell them that you don't have to settle for status quo. You don't have to settle for just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And listen, there's a religious spirit that needs to be penetrated in this nation today. And a religious spirit means it's not the heathen. It's those who have been all puffed up and prideful in the church saying I'm gonna just I'm just good with this I'm done I'm just gonna retire I'm good with this I told my husband I said why couldn't God have done this like 15 years ago come on somebody Because we weren't ready and because he needed our voices right now for this window of time. Are you with me? In this revival to make religion mad and to establish revival in territories all over this region. You've got to understand why I'm saying this. It's because religion wants to make you back here as a follower. Just just really far behind. Just enough to say I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But out my mind went to another story as I contemplated these two followers. That didn't recognize Jesus, and my mind went to another story. And this was the first person that recognized Jesus after he was resurrected, and it was Mary.
1: Ow! It was
0: Mary! Cleopas or whatever his name is and the other dude on the road to Emmaus. They got it right after a while. But you understand this, that I believe that Mary recognized Jesus because Mary had already had a bread-breaking moment with Jesus when she cried, Oh! And washed his feet with her tears and broke open her alabaster box. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is God's purpose to raise up Mary's all over the body of Christ that says, I recognize revival and I recognize religion and I came to make religion mad. Bread breaking moments. Did y'all get that? And they told about the things that happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Between the spiritual blindness of verse 16 and the revelation of verse 31, for these two men, there was a bread-breaking moment. Aren't you thankful for those moments? i say it again. Are you thankful for those moments? This was obviously a moment of intimacy and communion with Jesus in the natural they sat at a table with God himself, Jesus, the resurrected Lord. And they fellowshiped with him face to face. Somebody say face to face. Look at your neighbor's face and say face to face. I won't get started on the mask thing. Don't worry. I won't get started on it. But it was more than a natural meal. It was a supernatural reveal. Come on. I'll let you get that. I'll give you a moment. It was more than a natural meal. It was a supernatural reveal. It was bread breaking moments that brought revelatory insight of who Jesus is. You see Jesus is very uses a very symbolic moment to reveal somebody shout reveal. I'm telling you revival needs to be revealed to the Pentecostal church today. He reveals who he is in the moment of the blessed and the broke bread. Their eyes were open to the substance. Please shout substance. To the substance of who he is. The bread of life. The bread of life. I am, he said, the bread of life. The bread of life was face to face with them. I'm repeating these words on purpose because I know where I'm going. The bread of life was across the table, face to face. Please say face to face. He was face to face across from these two doubters and debaters and kind of skeptical but yet a little bit excited and now they're face to face and they partook of the broken and the blessed bread with the bread of life himself and immediately it opened their revelation and understanding of who Jesus is. Help me Holy Ghost. This is why it is time that we cry loud and we spare not as revivalists. No matter the pushback, no matter the debate, no matter the doubt, no matter what the religious devils want to do we will raise our voices because Jesus as revival needs to be revealed to the Pentecostal church you say Pastor Kim are you worried about the Baptists and the Methodists I love them I want them to experience revival but God has placed a mantle on this house to let the fire of God come in a Pentecostal setting to let other pastors and preachers and congregations know you don't have to settle for religion Uh, come on somebody bread breaking moments are coming to the church. Do you believe that? Come on. Revival moments. Those face to face encounters with Jesus that are walking you into a burning place because the church I believe and prophesy will burn again as it was birthed to do. I believe that it will burn as it did at Azusa Street and on the day of Pentecost as it meets Jesus or revival face to face. But there must be burning revivalists who will meet those who have been captured and enslaved by religion or religiosity and walk them into a burning place are you with me? By leading them to a bread breaking moment. This is the assignment this is our assignment this is the assignment of revival it's a passion, it is a passion for us it is a passion over this revival leading people to bread breaking moments where Jesus reveals himself as the bread of life, face to face not just some ambiguous a thing, uh, some theory, something, some words on a page that I can't relate to, but literally walking them into the very substance that they have been looking for. Somebody shout yes! Come on. In the natural, the bread, bread in the natural is, is is filling, it is substance. And in the spiritual, bread is also filling. Come on somebody, it is also substance because in the spirit, bread is synonymous with his presence, his essence, and his person. And he too, my friends, is filling and he is substance to your life. Those of you who filled this room just a moment ago, you came face to face in a bread breaking moment with the bread of life himself you don't have to go back to those drugs you don't have to go back to that illicit sex you don't have to go back to the wild life. you don't have to go back trying to find something to fill you up anymore because down here in this altar you encountered the substance of eternity and he's called the bread of life so he's the bread He's the filling portion that our souls are hungry for. There's nothing that can fill us like the bread of his presence. Are you with me? John 6, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, shout it with me, I am the bread of life. Shout it again. I am the bread of life. And he says, he who comes to me shall never hunger. I'm telling you, if you came to this altar today, or you came to an altar in the past, or maybe you're going to come to the altar at the end of this service. I'm telling you, you will never hunger again. It doesn't mean you're not going to want Applebee's or you're not going to want Denny's. Oh my God, those are horrible. I don't know why I picked those out. We never go there. They're horrible restaurants. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that. If you like it, that's, you do your thing. Come on. Stay with me, stay with me. There's a purpose why I'm pushing to preach this today. This needs to be established in your heart, especially if you're new to this house. This needs to be established in your heart. Or you struggle with religion and religiosity. He's the bread of life. He's filled. You'll never hunger again. What I mean by that, if you don't understand spiritual terminology, what I mean by that is you won't have to run to other things anymore. As you begin to pour yourself into Jesus and allow Jesus to pour himself into you, you'll not hunger after those things. Those things that are really causing pain in your life, those things that are really causing confusion, those things that are really just messing you up, they're messing your marriage up, they're messing your family up, they're messing your kids up, all kinds of anger, all kinds of jealousy, all kinds of rage, all kinds of hate, all kinds of bitterness, all kinds of loneliness or am, am i talking come on somebody this is the real deal i'm telling you when you sit face to face with the bread of life i am the bread of life jesus said when you get in his face in his space i'm telling you partake of that breaking bread moment you will never hunger again for any of those things because jesus has a supernatural way of filling you so that you're never hungry or thirsty again shout in this place because it's revival There is an innate hunger, a created hunger within each of us that only his eternal presence can fill. And we have eternity engraved within our hearts and his presence is the only substance that can satisfy. He is the bread of eternity. And you and I, if we know him as our Lord and Savior, will forever feast on the bread of life throughout eternity. But now is the time when we choose this bread. Say amen. Come on now watch as I turn this thing I'm going fast trust me this is why we have a devil that manifested in many different forms and manifests in many different forms that works to limit and constrict and control the fullness of the Holy Spirit it is a hindering agent that is loosed to to release substitutes and to erect barriers and blocks to the substance of the bread of life Jesus Christ, are you with me in the room? Let's rewind just a moment to the rebuke that Jesus gave to these two men. He said, "You are slow of heart, and you are not believing what the prophets has spoken about me." Is what Jesus said. Let's look at Luke twenty-four. He said, "All foolish ones, this is the amplified, sluggish in mind and dull of perception." This is significant that Jesus is saying this, and you are slow of heart to believe adhere and trust in and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. You see, what Jesus showed them and what I hope to reveal as the underlying foundation of religiosity and a religious spirit is that they had a lack of perception or discernment and they had a lack of trust at what God had spoken. This is significant to sustaining revival as they walked with the very bread of life themselves They lacked perception and trust that that he was the bread of life. It was still religion that was keeping their spiritual eyes darkened. And one of the primary works of revival is to open the eyes that have been darkened by religion. Yes, we want the heathen saved. Yes, we want the world to experience Christ. But hear what I'm about to say. I want the world to be saved. Saved, but I don't want them to come in to some half gospel and some half holy ghost we can't get the holy ghost out today because it might offend somebody I ah, want to make religion mad and say let the holy spirit do and be who he is supposed to be Huh? revive those O oh lord that have been dulled by form without power come on Religion is anything that restricts access to the fullness of the followers. Are you with me? Religion is anything that restricts access to the full uh, to the fullness uh, to the followers. It creates barriers, it creates substitutes. In other words, it either makes it too hard. You got to be just like this, 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 just Is anybody here what I'm saying? They either make it too hard or they make it too easy to stray and to stay away from fullness. My God, I don't have time to break it all down. But by the end of this message, I hope you see what I'm saying today. Because the very fact that you are in a revival church, not only do you have to fight this thing, but you're going to have to help us all make religion mad. religion is formed that denies power that's not anything new of course it's the Word of God but these men hang on I'll break that down these men knew about Jesus and the recent events of the crucifixion they had a lot to talk about but when it came walking with Jesus the limitation of religion withheld the ability to see revival the most needful element of who Jesus was which was the bread the substance that they were longing for the substance the bread from eternity they couldn't see revival they were blinded they were blinded by this form that they had been formed by even though they were followers are you with me they had been formed by this and it was religion my friends that crucified Jesus are you with me it was religion and religiosity that crucified Jesus because religion doesn't want competition and this is why it is what the number one enemy of revival is because religion doesn't want competition don't show me up don't show me up is what religion says religion is not a person. Religion is a spirit. It's a demonic principality. Are you with me now? And it pervades much of the church in our nation today. But God sent me to tell this house, this house, the assignment on this house is revival. And in this season that we're in and that we're headed into, you better get ready because religion will rise up and say, don't compete with us. And I say, just to make religion mad, here's Revival! Quite possibly the religious dogma that surrounded Jesus' death was shrouding their spiritual vision from seeing Jesus as the bread of life. It was strong around the culture of that day, that religious dogma, and possibly even within them still because it had pervaded the atmospheres for centuries. Can you understand what I'm about to say? That revival and the sound of revival that Pastor Jessica spoke about a few weeks ago, it literally shreds and cuts through religious atmospheres and if there is one thing that the church and I will say the Pentecostal church is needing in this hour it is some revival voices not just mine not just hers not just his but needs revival voices that will raise their voice and shred the atmosphere of religion so a lost world can come in face to face with the bread of life come on hallelujah Religion crucified Jesus, and if it crucified Jesus, religion wants to crucify revival. Are you with me? I'm committed to exposing it. Come on. And as I've already told you, I feel it's a greater time of confrontation of the dilution of religiosity that has plagued so many for so long. When something is diluted, look at your neighbor and say, diluted, diluted. It loses strength, it loses force, it loses efficiency, and it is reduced. Mm. It is weakened, it is tempered, it is mitigated. Mitigated means milder, dulled, moderate, subdued. Does that describe anything to you guys right now? Come on. Diminished, it is weakened. The dilution, this dilution that I'm speaking of has much of the church today in the same spiritual darkness I believe that these two men were in. Are you with me? groping to find a filler for the fire, the burning fire, a filler. They cannot perceive Jesus. They don't know him as the bread of life, the substance that fills the longing of their soul, their minds, their wills, their emotions, and they're running around. Why don't we recognize him? Why can't we see him? I came to make religion mad today. So as a result of what we have seen, and I know this is not a new phrase to this house, but God says, bring it back again. They run to substitutes, they run to fillers, and it is killing spiritual perception And prophetic trust and what this speaks to me for the end-time church and we are the end-time church is the very thing that they have prided themselves on in knowledge will be the very thing that they are foolish of in the moments that matter are you with me because deception can easily come to those who walk the road with Jesus but doubt and debate him in their heart the dilution that has plagued the modern church is keeping eyes darkened to revival and I say it's time for a confrontation. I say it's time. I say it's time for revival to confront. Hey, okay. it's been left in a mitigated state. The church, much milder and duller and subdued by religion. But we're going to raise our voices to let that spirit know that we will not allow that not only into this house, but we will not allow that into our heart. My God, my God, I'm preaching this morning. You hear what I'm saying? It reminds me of a principle that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 16, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring bread. Somebody say bread. Look at your other neighbors say they forgot bread. Come on. They forgot bread. They thought it was about bread because Jesus said to them, be on your guard. Hang on now. You better fasten your seatbelts for what I got on the next page and the next page of these notes. You watch what I'm about to say. Because Jesus said, be careful and be on your guard about the leaven of the first of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they reasoned among themselves saying it is because we did not bring any bread. It wasn't about bread. It was about the dilution. It was about the mitigating. It was about the dullness that the Pharisees were leading people into and keeping them from the fullness. They were leading them into dullness, but keeping them from the fullness. Are you with me here? Watch what he says. Jesus being aware. He said, why are you discussing among yourselves that you have no bread? Now look what he says. He says the same thing to his disciples that he said to the two men on the road to Emmaus. He said, how little trust that you have in me, how little faith, and you do not discern or perceive or understand. Same, 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 same rebuke. You have little trust in who I am, the bread of life and you do not perceive and you do not understand why are you so passionate about this pastor Kim? because i want people to know that you don't have to sit under a diluted mitigated atmosphere come on somebody and settle for something that is dull when the bread of life is ready to invade your life Discernment, perception, excuse me, trust, discernment, insight. Trust is reliance on the integrity of a person. I'm hurrying. Hang on. This is these are the two qualities that keep you from the deception of leaven. And then Jesus says, "How is it that you fail to understand that I was not talking to you about bread?" He's rebuking them. How is it that you understand that you that you fail to understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But beware of the ferment. The the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then they discerned that Jesus did not tell them to beware of the bread of the Pharisees, but of the teaching, the dilution of the Pharisees or the religious spirit. Are you with me in the room? It is vital that we know, yes, how to access revival, but it is equally important that we recognize what keeps us from revival. Stay with me. Revival is pure. It is unmixed. It is uncorrupted. It is straightforward. It is free from anything that would be foreign or inferior. It is free from any needless matter. There is so much stuff that is done in churches in the body of Christ today, and I sit back and I say, what in the world are they thinking? We are supposed to be here together to let the power and the presence of Jesus invade our midst, yet we've replaced it with all of these non-essential ingredients. Somebody's shout in this room because revival is raising its voice There's the pure, and then there's the pseudo, which is religion, which is not actual, but having an appearance or pretension of. Then there is leaven. Leaven puffs up. It inflates. It's a mixture or a modifying element, an alienating influence that subtly works to influence or modify the whole. Did you get that? Revival is after fullness, filled to utmost capacity and completion and saturation and wholeness. This is why for some of you who struggled through the first 15 or 20 or maybe even 25 minutes of praise and worship where we had Pastor Jessica and Sam and Stacy up on the platform and the stage and they're trying to pull you, sir, into something that you have not experienced yet. It is because how oh, seven and eight years ago we We released a cry that opened and unlocked a revival portal. And we want everybody to experience the more that we have experienced. And in the process of that, it makes religion mad. Shout in this room. Come on. Religion has fillers of substance of secondary importance. Revival can have no competitions. Come on it's all or nothing. It demands a continual press for the pure. How many know he doesn't need us to add anything to it? Come on. Everybody say he's the bread. Shout it louder. He's the bread. He's the bread. He's the bread of life. He is fullness. Nothing else is needed. Additives describe so many Christians today. Christian services, conferences, and events. Can I preach right now? Come on. All he ever intended was for us to become satisfied with him. Come on. With bread, with fullness, with revival. And I'm going to say this. Hear me now. Many talk about revival, but they don't make room for revival. It's not okay to just talk about revival, but not make room for revival. Come on. And this is what Jesus was doing. The bread of life was challenging the bread of religion. Help me, y'all. The substance of the supernatural was challenging the superficial of the sacrilegious. Yes? That was a mouthful. Don't say that really fast. Come on. The, superna- the substance of the supernatural was challenging the superficial of the sacrilegious, the ones who offered fillers and kept people from seeing Jesus and seeing revival, and they were able to do so because, look, watch me now, religion has a form, but yet it denies the power. This is important for us to understand because one of the assignments of revival is, yes, to make religion mad, but to expose, expose, expose the deficits of it because there's many Christians today that are satisfied with just a religious experience when you need a full on face-to-face encounter and collision with the bread of life himself. But religion has this form and this appearance and this semblance, an external form. Literally the word form is morphosis, where I assume we get our word metamorphosis, but it means this. It is literally a structure that looks like one thing, but yet intends to be another thing. I'll say that for the rest of y'all. That word there, form, it means a structure that looks like one thing, but underneath it only intends to be another thing. In other words, it has the appearance of the real thing, but it doesn't have the goods. Come on, somebody. It doesn't have the ability to help people see, see, see the bread of life. No perception, Jesus said. No trust in the words spoken of who he is. The 21st century leaven is the gospel of your best life now, and it's all about you. This, my friends, is not Jesus message it is not about us it is about him it is about us sacrificing everything that we are no matter what that means lay it on the altar because it's about him that my friends makes religion mad it's significant that religion denies the power hang on I'm showing you something it denies look at your neighbor say it denies the power Now watch. What that means is it withholds the accessibility to the fullness of the bread of life. I know I preached on this before, but the Lord said, preach it again in a different way. The song, the last song that we just sang had this same theme with it. But God says it's time to expose religion like never before. All sides of it like never before. So I can finally come to America in a nation shaking revival like I need to do before I return it withholds religion withholds the accessibility to the fullness of the bread of life religion says no 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 access is denied but revival sees a gate and revival says I'm going to try that doorknob and revival says that doorknob is open that door and that gate is open and revival walks upstairs because there is a stairway of ascent into the fullness of the presence and the power of God and the portals of his glory and revival says the door more is open I'm going in but religion says just settle and this is where the com- come on y'all scream you scream for a while go ahead you scream go ahead sister I give you permission to scream we're going to produce a bunch of screamers in this house just to make religion man and this is where the confrontation comes in anything that withholds fullness needs to make revival upset you're not upset at people you're not upset at flesh and blood you don't hate humankind or mankind that's not Jesus you hate the spirit behind it that is restricting and that is limiting people from entering into the fullness come on come on the bread of li- bread of religion is pseudo. The bread of life is revival, but bread of bread of religion is pseudo, and it brings us watch now to this leaven thing. Jesus warned the disciples. I'm hurrying of this leaven of the of the religious. In other words, he was saying, watch out for the attitudes. Well, come on, somebody. The attitudes of the religion, the perspective, their blindness towards who he is, their obstinate refusal, refusal to per- perceive the visitation of the Lord. This is religion, and this is what we see in both of these scriptures. Is this making sense? Come on. Hallelujah. Closed hearts will mean close heavens. Come on. And God will jump over and say, Ah, there's a church that is pulling on the more. There's a person that is pulling on the more. Revival will always lead you to these intimate, bread-breaking moments oh, so that our eyes can continually be opened to the more of God and to what we sang, the realms of glory. And this is where this religious spirit has so many people bound because it will have an appearance, but it will deny access to the fullness of the spiritual revelation of revival or Jesus, the bread of life, the substance that they're longing for. It hides in a familiar Form, but it denies access to the power that that form should be carrying. Look at your neighbor and say, "Look for the power. Look for the power. Look for the power." My husband preached pulling on the power of God. Come on, revivalists, we're pulling on the power of God. Look how Second Timothy says this scripture in the passion that they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality they want nothing to do with God's power. And and Paul says, stay away from those people pastors if that is your mo you cannot want the holy spirit in name only and not want what he brings you've got to have the whole package don't just have holy spirit baptism on your doctrine and on your door but not let it happen in the hearts of your people It's dunamis. And among other meanings of the word dunamis, this one is the true nature or reality of something. They want the form, but they deny the true reality of it. This is the exact thing that Jesus accused the two on the road of Emmaus, and the other scripture that I read you where he was talking to his disciples, he says, you do not discern, you do not perceive, and you do not trust. Am I painting this picture this morning? This is, this is what, this is why there's so much fear in the body of Christ today, because it's only been about religion not a face-to-face encounter has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And when I trust him, I don't have to run to this and run to that and look at that and dial this one up. You can tell my age. Dial this one up. Dial this one up. You don't have to. Why? Because I perceive that he is the substance and I recognize that he is king of kings and lord of lords. He is the substance on the inside of me. Stop freaking out and get an encounter with Jesus. Say it a little quieter. Stop freaking out and get an encounter with the bread of life. Stop freaking out and get an encounter with the bread of life. Deny. They refuse access. They withheld it. This was who Jesus was talking about. The Pharisees, the religious. I'm sort of almost done. They said, no, 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 no. You got you to settle for this, this mitigated state. This dullness, this uh, <clears throat> watered down, diluted. Second Timothy three five in the Living Bible. They will go to church, yes. Just to make religion. This kind of message or mindset builds everything to accommodate the flesh. And my husband has talked about the the gospel of what what do you say? Gospel of accommodation. Help me. What? Anyway, it has something about accommodating the flesh in it. We've been traveling way too much together. It's dangerous. Six feet, six feet, six feet. Which, by the way, they do not do that on the airplanes. It's a big, fat joke. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> this, this mitigated message or mindset builds everything to accommodate flesh. Watch me how I turn this now. Even though the Pharisees had many rules, they themselves did not obey them, much less understand them. And therein lies the problem with the religious spirit. It is a spirit that pervades and invades the pure. It is leaven. Leaven, it attaches itself to the pure. This is why we fight so hard against it here. So I hope this is helping you today. When the intercessors get up here, <clears throat> Master Jessica, whoever, and they're screaming against spirit of religion, it came out several times this morning. There's a reason for that. You don't tolerate it. And way too many tolerate it today. And you don't want to why? Because their eyes are darkened. They don't see it because they cohabitate with it. They, they, they live with it. They become accustomed to it. The eyes are darkened. But the voice of revival will penetrate that. The voice of revival will say, Why in the world are you settling for that? Why? There is more. There are realms of glory that you can move into. There is a a, a bread of life that is a sustenance and a substance. Why are you settling for this mitigated state, this state of dullness, this watered down? This is the kind of message that accommodates the flesh. And here's the thing. The leaven was the lump of dough that was in a high state of fermentation. Stay with me. And it was mixed into all the other dough that was prepared for baking. It is to leaven that Jesus speaks concerning religion. He uses this analogy because leaven secretly and subtly penetrates with a diffusing power, diffusive power. It is a secret in its operation. It's not always, very seldom is it obvious, and it spreads by contact. Are you with me? It is widely diffusive, one particle of leaven being able, this is Google, y'all, this is not me, just revelation here right one particle of leaven being able to change any number of particles of flour it comes into contact with he into its own nature leaven will invade and then change it into its own nature with like propagating power this is why galatians 5 9 says a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough come on somebody Do you see how dangerous this is when it comes to the spirit of revival? We must expose this. It's important to tell you how to get through the door to revival, but it's also important to tell you what is trying to keep you outside that makes you think you're okay, but you're not. Come on. We need more. We need Jesus. We need bread. We need substance, not fillers. Ask your neighbor, are you living off of fillers? Come on, ask him. Almost done. You know those things, those substitutes that they put in our food, Americans. Come on, Americans. You know, and they put those things in our food, and, uh, and they say, it's fat-free, it's sugar-free, it's free-free, it's, it doesn't have any of this, any of that, it doesn't have... Uh, You know, you know, and you're all looking at the package and you're like, if you have any sense, how did they do that? Let me tell you how they did that. They got in a lab somewhere and they put a bunch of chemicals together. Now, I'm not a health food expert and never do I uh, eat healthy all the time. But you hear what I'm about to say, because this is the same thing religion does. It'll put labels on things saying this is good. This is good. Don't, don't dig the well. It makes you too tired. That revival digging is tiring. Don't worry about it. Just put this artificial, no, whatever on it and you'll get the same kind of taste and feeling and look and this kind of thing. Am I preaching? Come on this is what religion does it tacks a substitute and a filler and says oh it's this free it's that free let me tell you it might be this free and that free but it won't be demon free come on it won't be free of boredom it'll leave you the same way that you came in when you walk out And revival is saying it's time to wake up, American church, and open up your eyes to see the substance of the bread of life. Quit eating on the fillers. What we're dealing with in these decades right now is the same thing that happens in our natural bodies. Once again, not an expert, but the more you eat that stuff, our bodies are built to live. Jesus built us fearfully and wonderfully made, and we're built to live. But pretty soon, if you keep giving it that stuff and nothing else that's better, your body's going to be like, (laughs) I can't do it anymore. I know that just put conviction all over this whole play. Am I right? Now, this girl's a health food person over here or whatever over here. Pretty soon, your body's just like... (sighs) I can't make it happen anymore. My God, this is so important. And in the spirit, with the leaven of religiosity, and pretty soon, even if you were pure in the beginning, the more you give yourself to the fillers, the more you convince yourself that this is okay and that's okay. It's not quite all that the Bible says. We're just like those men and just like what Jesus was saying. We're slow of heart and our eyes are darkened because we don't trust in who he is. We have to trust in a system. We have to trust in a program. We have to trust in a filler. We have to trust in a substitute till pretty soon the spiritual body, the spiritual body, I'm talking about the body of Christ. The spiritual body is just like, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. My God, my God. is one of the primary reasons that I wrote Doorkeepers of Revival. You hear me now. And I haven't said this a lot publicly. But it is one of the primary reasons that I wrote Doorkeepers of Revival. Revival, Because I look across the body of Christ and it's like the body of Christ. This is not in my notes, so this is just coming out now. The body of Christ is like our natural body. It's just like, I just can't do it anymore. I don't know how to find the door. I don't know how to Pastors are just like, I I, I can't do it anymore. Because there's been so much junk. There's been so much Disneyland. There's been so much fillers and substitutes. And the body of Christ is, just can't do it. So we're just going to have to give in. At least we look like it. At least we have a form. But Jesus said that's not gonna work because you say that, but yet you're denying access. You're denying megachurch pastors, you're denying access to the fullness of the glory of God. You will be held accountable for that. You will be held accountable for withholding the fullness of the bread of life to your people. Entire cities are waiting on voices of revival. And this is why I mentioned the places that the Lord is, 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 is people are asking us to come, just places the Lord is opening up. And to the, to the natural body, it's tiring. But to the spirit, it's like, yes, these people are waking up. Their eyes are opening. They want more than what has been propagated for the last two to three decades. It's time for revival to open its mouth and say enough with the junk food. Enough with the fillers. Enough with the substitutes. Enough with the form that denies the power. It's time to make revival religion mad and elevate the voice of revival in the church today in jesus name let the doors of revival swing open in every territory yeah so i just want to deal with something and then and then and then we're going to pray you see why i had to get this out today do you see a few of you do but anyway i'm going to do it anyway Watch this now, because we got to expose. Help me do this, Lord. There are many faces of religion. There are those who are condemning of those who do not yet know righteousness, and they swing so far to one side that they say, if you don't look like me and act like me, then you're not accepted. And that is wrong. That's religion. Then there are those who swing way too far to the other side. As far as they can from holiness and righteousness. In an uninformed attempt to not be religious. You, my friend, well, I'm going to say it again. You swing so far to the other side from holiness and righteousness in an uninformed attempt to not be religious. Well, I just don't want to be religious. No, no, no. You, my friend, are looking for an excuse to sin and still call yourself a Christian. You are form that denies the power, the true nature of Jesus. You are an appearance that withholds the true nature of something. Your carnality is preventing you from accessing the fullness of a holy God. I will talk about carnality for just a moment. Carnality is the preoccupation with or the indulgement with your flesh, with your body, or the passions or the appetites of your flesh and your body. Carnality is sensuality. It means merely uh, being merely uh, temporal in your attitude and mindset, worldly, and a lack of spiritual vitality or maturity. Can I talk about carnality for a moment? If you crave carnality, you have not had a bread-breaking moment. You have form, but you deny the power and you're still calling yourself revival. I came to blow a hole in that one. Don't you mix your carnal confusion with true, pure revival. That, my friends, is 11. I came to expose it today. Are you with me? You say, are you mad? I'm mad. I am mad. I am mad. I'm mad at the person. I'm mad at the people. I'm mad at the devil. Don't mix your carnality and your carnal confusion with the purity of revival. That, my friends, is form, but it denies the power. And really what you're doing is you're not cute anymore, and you're not culturally relevant, but you have become doctrinally arrogant and errant, and you have become spiritually stagnant. You are doing no good to no one and that's not good English but that's how I'm going to say it. You have stopped advancing the kingdom of God and now you are enhancing the culture of the world. You are no longer a minister of the gospel but you are a representative of carnality. Don't bring the world's music up in to the holy house of God. If you can attend a secular concert and feel okay with yourself, you my friend are religious and you have four But deny the power. Are you gonna be a holiness preacher? I'm gonna be a holiness preacher. Why? Just to make religion mad. You swing so far that you're not cute anymore. Come on, somebody. You're not relevant anymore, but you are literally in error in doctrine, and you are spiritually stagnant, and you are leading people away from the door to the realm of glory into a gospel of accommodation that if it feels good, do it, baby. It's all right. I came to say, you got to lay that thing on the altar, honey, and let Jesus crucify it. It needs to be said. I said it needs to be said. I said it needs to be said. I said it needs to be said you say people really need to hear that people really need to hear that it's not okay to do that it's not okay to go there it's not okay to associate with that it's not okay to have your name on that it's not okay to attend those places it's not 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 why are you having to do that because you haven't had a bread breaking moment to encounter the substance of the presence of God and you my friend a form that denies the power so when I do at when I am that, I have to bring all of these things around me to think I'm cute and to think I'm relevant but really what you are is you're going the opposite way of the way that Jesus is going. You're a follower but you're way far behind a holy savior that has paved the way. Revival is a holy thing. Don't put your carnality on it. I said revival is a holy thing don't put your carnality on it holiness is not old-fashioned holiness is fashioned in his image y'all missed it I said holiness is not old. y'all get that holiness is not old-fashioned it is being fashioned into his image are you with me are you a holiness preacher I am a holiness preacher it's still important I said holiness is still important Yes, there are do's and there are don'ts to holiness. It's not because he's trying to keep you from something. It's because he's trying to get you into something and somewhere that you've never been before. It's called fullness. It's called revival. It's called bread. It's called Jesus, the bread of life, the substance that you are trying to fill with all of the carnal things. Holiness. Holiness. That's not proper preaching for woke Christians. But to all of those who are woke, I'm not after your vote. I'm not after your like. I'm after fullness. I'm after truth. If we're going to experience revival in the supernatural, we've got to be partakers of his divine nature of holiness. And fillers will not produce supernatural carnal will not produce supernatural your body is a temple of the holy ghost are you with me I'll say it again. Little girls in the room your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Women in the room your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Men of God in the room your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. What you do to to your body to your body, what you do with your body is important to the Lord. It is the very place that he has chosen to put his presence. The Bible says that he does not dwell in a temple that is made by human hands. He dwells in the hearts of human beings and your heart is contained your spiritual heart in your physical body stop desecrating it stop sinning against it stop come on stop abusing it stop hating it and begin to love the very temple that God calls his home it matters how you dress it matters how you act it matters I'll say that one again. It matters how you dress and it matters how you act with your body. Young girl, if you have to act that way to get his attention, then he's not worth it. Young man, old man, whatever you are. (laughs) It's kind of gross, but anyway. If you have to do that to attract attract attention something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong Say this is holiness preaching we need some of it because religion says "Eh, as long as you have the form but you see I'm talking about what brings the power now and the place that it brings the power is when we lay this body put Romans whatever that is up there 12 a living sacrifice wherever that's at yeah Put it up there. Find it. I, I don't know where I am in my notes. Here we go. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing reminder you prove the will of God that which is good and acceptable and perfect it is at the altar and this is why this is part of the agenda of religion is to get altars out of the Pentecostal church we don't have time for altars it might offend those who are visiting today look we need more room for seats and stuff like that pastors if that is your rationale then you my friend are form that denies the power thereof altar is the place where we lay ourselves as a living sacrifice. And can I tell you today that you can dance around the altar. You can even lay beside the altar, but my friends, it is not a sacrifice until you put yourself on the altar. Holiness preaching. Holiness preaching. Pastor Kim, is that why you wore a long dress today and long sleeve? Nope, I just wore it just because I bought it. Come on. The next time you see me, it'll be jeans and t-shirts. You hear me? Probably, maybe, depending on the day. I just said that to say that we formulate all kinds of things in our mind. But the goal of religion is to keep you, to keep those from accessing the fullness of what God has. I came to challenge us today in twofold. Everybody stand all over the building. This is not a dismissal. This is an altar call. Get the musicians to come quickly. Get ready to come to the altar. Because we're going to have an altar of sacrifice today. And for those of you with the pride thing that didn't respond earlier, this is a good time, All right? This is a good time to make your way to the altar. Is it important that I come to the altar? It is vitally important that you come to the altar. Because you're speaking something not only to those around you as, as I am making this step of faith, but you're commanding your flesh. Come on. You're commanding that part of you that wants to give in to religion. You're commanding it to be obedient to what your spirit wants to do. Did you hear what I just said? As we make these altar commitments, there is, as I told these earlier, a supernatural transaction that happens. As we bring ourselves to the Lord, to say, Lord, not only do I want to make religion man, and I want to be a voice of revival, I want to make sure that there is no place in my heart for this spirit to dwell. I have, I have prayed and asked the Lord, because like I said, religion has many faces. Many faces. We must search our heart. We must examine our heart. Because I'm telling you, with what God has shown us, and he's putting on the inside of us for what God has for revival here at Fresh Start. We've got to be ready, to confront it, to annihilate it, but yet also to release the power of the Holy Ghost and the fire of the Holy Ghost, but also the substance of the bread of life. In a moment, 30 seconds, you're going to make your way to this altar. Have this picture in your mind as you come forward today. In the Old Testament tabernacle, Moses' tabernacle, right outside, everybody say right outside, right outside the Holy of Holies was a table of showbread. The table of showbread was at the very entrance of the door to more. The door to revival. Showbread, the table of showbread was a symbolism, a type and shadow of Jesus, of his body, Of his broken body, it was a a a symbolism of literally the substance of the presence of God. It was also called the table of show uh, the, the table of His presence, the table of showbread, the table of His presence. But here's something that's very interesting: it's set right before you walked through that curtain into the substance of His presence the reality of revival, there's no form in that atmosphere. Oh, hear me, church. There's no form. It's not just an appearance. You have literally walked into the Shekinah glory of God. But right outside, just one step in, before one step in, you come to this table of showbread, which is also called face bread. You didn't get it. Face spread. I bring you full circle today. They walked on the road to the burning place and they could not see him. They could not discern him. But at the breaking the bread moment, at the breaking of the bread moment, their eyes were open. They were face to face with the bread of life. At that moment, they were able to walk into the fullness of the substance of eternal bread. That bread that Jesus said, you're not going to ever go hungry again. We don't have to beg people to come to church when we offer them the bread. And as they passed the bread, it catapulted them into the next step, which is revival. It's the fullness of his presence. I'm going to invite you right now, all the way from the top to the front, to this side, to this side of this building, to come to the front of this building as you and I pause at the face bread for just a moment and ask Jesus. Ask Jesus to lead us. Come on revivalists. Come on revivalists. We have answered many altar calls over these six years. Ask Jesus to lead you into a substance. Come on. A substance. A substance of his person. A substance of his essence. Go ahead. Begin to cry out. Begin to cry out. You're going to need it in the days ahead. You're going to need it in the days ahead. The very fact that you say, I'm good, I don't need it. That, my friend, is a check that religion has a hold and a tug on the inside of you. We've got to abandon ourselves. I watched this worship team early in this worship set and I watched them as they abandoned. You see, I've been a praise and worship leader. I know what it's like to look out at people that could absolutely care less. And I'm telling you, What they are laying their very lives down for up here is what they have experienced. They are crying out, oh God, let that person and that person and that person, let them feel, let them experience, let them be in your face. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.